This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travis. Before today's episode of The Leader, we want to tell you about our new podcast, An Invitation to Meet. From the horse-drawn carriages of George IV, to the rise of the modern city and through the work from home era, The Evening Standard's been covering business in London for nearly 200 years. We've got the contacts book to prove it, and now we want to share it with you. We're giving you an invitation to meet some of the most influential and powerful people in this city so they can give you the advice and highlight the opportunities that will help your business grow. People like Peter Flavel, CEO of Coots. People told me about the culture and the history and the ethos of Coots. The moment you walk through the door, you come up the escalators. You just, you're overwhelmed. Maybe you're just sketching your logo out on the kitchen table. That's how Holly Tucker, founder of Not On The High Street, started. We were one of the first marketplaces, I would say, in the world after eBay and Amazon. People didn't really still like putting their credit card details into a shopping portal. Want to make money from YouTube? Let me introduce you to Casper Lee, one of the original social media influencers, now co-founder of the Influencer Marketing Company. Even when I got to a stage where my, you know, my videos were getting tens of millions of views, sometimes like two or three million views in a few days. I remember thinking, this isn't enough. And there's so many more. Start your week with us every Monday morning. Let's catch up on Acast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is called An Invitation to Meet, and we're really excited to meet you. Now, time for the leader. A new Francis Bacon exhibition is considered to be so extreme it's been given a trigger warning. Francis Bacon, Man and Beast at the Royal Academy in London explores for the first time the artist's fascination with animals, their instincts, their traits as well as the animalistic behaviour in humans too. But let's just say it's not an exhibition for the faint of heart. Michael Pepiat is a writer, art historian and creator of the exhibition. He was also a close friend of Bacon's for more than 30 years, up until the artist's death in 1992. Michael, tell us about the new exhibition, Francis Bacon, Man and Beast. Well, some time ago I was asked whether I had another Francis Bacon exhibition in me, and uh, I couldn't find very much uh, just like that. But I kept it at the back of my mind, and looking through slides of his work, I noticed something that I hadn't noticed before, which was how frequently 
animals came up in the paintings. You know, I mean, obviously I was aware that animal life had a presence in his painting and had a presence in his life. He said to me once, you know, the fascinating thing about animals is that you can see human behavior so clearly. And since they're in them, and since they're less inhibited, since they don't try to disguise their behavior like human beings, you know. So I started thinking, well, perhaps there's a theme here. And I realized that it hadn't been explored before. In fact, it's hardly mentioned how important, how frequent animals are in Bacon's pictures. So little by little, the theme of this exhibition, Francis Bacon, Man and Beast, came together because there are a large number of uh, animal paintings. And of course, there are also an even larger number of paintings of human beings in what you might call an animal state and their their natural their their undisguised state and moments of of rage or fear you know they're gibbering with fear or shrieking with with fury to the extent that they seem more ferocious than the animals he painted so there's this sort of symbiosis between man and animal going all the way through bacon's work and i think For me, it makes a fascinating theme because it's another way of approaching Bacon's whole world. What are some of your favourite pieces in the collection? Well, that's a difficult one. I I love the bullfight paintings at the end, the very final painting, which is also of a bull, which is being exhibited for the first time, hasn't been seen uh, in London before, which is really Bacon's farewell. You know, there's this uh, magnificent creature full of of vigour suspended between a luminous bullring, you know, the arena filled with sand, and then just behind this uh, totally black door the exit and he was very ill at the time and he knew that uh, he didn't have long left and so the the message if you like is that he'll soon be disappearing into that black hole but there are there are paintings throughout that I'm seeing anew now because although I've been connected quite closely with his work for nearly 60 years and I've done several exhibitions and studied the paintings written about them um I feel that I I'm seeing much of it afresh because of this particular focus that we have through animals. It's an unusual choice of of paintings. You know, that was the sort of common denominator is either paintings with animals, uh, about animals or with animals in them, or particularly animalistic studies of, of figures, of human figures. So that creates an unusual kind of flow as it were, this this particular vision. And it shows the paintings in a very different light. And so when I saw it fully up on the walls, fully hung, I was surprised by how many things I hadn't noticed before. You and Francis Bacon shared a friendship that spanned over 30 years. Do you think this gives you a unique insight when it comes to creating his exhibitions? Well, I'd like to think so. Uh, (laughs) uh, You you can never be sure, can you? Particularly with, as it were, strong-minded artists who have very much their own opinions. I think, I have to say, I think he would have been moved and extremely pleased to being exhibited in those magnificent rooms in the RA. I mean, they are very grand spaces and he himself was a very grand person in the best possible sense. And I think he would have liked 
the, the volume of those rooms and that his paintings were being displayed in, in those spaces. Apart from that, since we were friends for 30 years and we talked a great, great deal, I hope I do have certain insights into not so much what he liked, but insights into the significance of his work and, above all, its power. How would you describe your friendship with Francis? Oh, well, it was, uh, on the whole, marvellous. You know, the ups and downs, as in any intense friendship. I was very much in awe of him because I met him when I was a very young man. I was still a student and um, I did an interview with him. This is back in 1963, 64. And, you know, if you meet somebody like that when you're young and impressionable, you tend to sort of um, be to a large extent, or at least that was my case, it was very formative. So it was a, a strange relationship. I mean, you know, we got on very well. I had a lot of fun with him, a lot of laughter. I mean, some of it was wicked laughter, and sometimes the situations tended to get out of hand. But, you know, they were always revealing, revealing about life. And for me, uh, a fantastic preparation for life, far better than my sort of formal education had been, because he... Actually, Lucian Freud said a very good thing about him. He was the, the wildest and wisest person he'd ever met. And I have to say that I completely agree with that because there was a wildness, but there was also a wisdom. And so that made for uh, a huge attraction as far as I was concerned. Why do you think we are all still so fascinated with Francis Bacon and his work all these years later? I mean, he was seen as a uh, a painter of horror, you know, of deliberate horror. And of course, that was normal enough after the, the disasters of war, when people had had their fill of horror and wanted pleasant things. Uh, but in uh, in retrospect, I think he's come to seem something quite different from that. Not only a brilliant manipulator of paint, an actual brilliant painter, as people are brilliant uh, writers or speakers. You know, he uses the medium of paint in an extraordinarily persuasive and expressive way. But also somebody who goes deeper into life than most people ever do. That's why he's a great artist and why we are still fascinated by him now. Francis Bacon, Man and Beast is at the Royal Academy in London until the 17th of April. And that's it from The Leader. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.